This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. Or go to www.memyselfanddie.com. All of the show's playlists, social media links, and other material can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. Here's the question. Does she have long hair? which could trigger Arn's mad phobia that he got in season one. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, go back and watch season one to find out. Ah! Well, hello and welcome back once again to Me, Myself, and I. I am, as always, your intrepid GM host and player, Trevor DeVal. Thanks so much for joining me. And if you haven't subscribed and um, all that stuff, uh, please do now. Uh, subscriptions are gaining every day, which is great, but the more the merrier. And I always encourage people to come and join our little club here. Also, if you want to support the show on Patreon, there's a link for that in the uh, notes below. So, last time, Arn made his way through the hinterlands suffering a bunch of uh, obstacles, but eventually broke through uh, a large sort of wall of rock, sort of a cliff of rock, and came into the Tempest Hills region of the Ironlands, which is, uh, depending whose map you believe, is to the south of the Veiled Mountains. The way I'm sort of perceiving this right now is that he is in ostensibly the foothills of the Veiled Mountains themselves. So the land is rough and rugged. There are stunted trees everywhere, but uh, large, barren slopes of scree and rock on the sides of the of the ever-ascending lands as they move up towards the, the mist and snow-covered peaks of the Veiled Mountains. His road is ever upwards, ever northwards and ever upwards as he ascends the plateaus and ascends the slopes of the mountains, trying to find the lair of Thaugalos, which he knows is somewhere in the area. So, in order to do that, and to also represent the fact that winter has finally Winter is finally come from the north. We're going to swear a vow, and his his vow is going to be to find the lair of Thalgalos. The reason why I'm doing that kind of mechanically is because vows are, of course, how you gain experience in this game, and he needs to continue to gain experience in order to better himself and prepare himself for the confrontation with Thalgalos. So I'm going to swear a vow, and that vow is going to be find the lair. And if he fulfills this vow, this will also count towards the main vow as well. So I'm going to make this a formidable vow. He's emerged from the collapsed tunnel behind him. The wind is swirling, the snow is still falling, and up ahead he sees a, a gray and snow-covered road ahead. Well, not really a road. Or maybe there is a road, I don't know. I really have no idea what he's gonna find here. Perhaps his death. He swears upon iron, and I, and I think the iron that he swears upon this time is Ulvatan, the wolf's tooth. He pulls the spear out, always hearing Vesleli's mad whisperings. Vesleli is always with him always chittering away in the back of his mind, but he's able to put that aside for a second and swear upon the iron of Wolf's Tooth itself, the Sky Iron. Thalgalos, you are here somewhere. I will find you. Here we go, plus heart, which is plus four in his case. Oh, look at that, beautiful. It's a strong hit with a double, so automatically an opportunity presents itself, but on a strong hit, you're emboldened. It is clear what you must do next. It's not clear to me at all, but we do take plus two momentum, so his momentum goes to plus nine, which is great. What is the obvious road forward for him? Six. 
Swear. 45. Swear danger. I think he sees his target. He looks to the edge of the mountains, far, far in the distance, way up, still mile upon snow, ice-covered mile, but way in the distance, he can see a lone peak standing aside and apart from the others. The peak itself is uh, separated by a, a chasm. And on the sides of that peak, or perhaps on top of it, he can make out what seem to be the broken and ruined, crenellated battlements of what must be some ancient tower. As he looks far in the distance through the blowing snow, you know, uh, whiteout conditions basically, but he can see way, 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 just blending in with the rest of the snow-covered mountains. He can see the ruins of this crenellated tower with strange ancient curves to its architecture, probably once again of the uh, firstborn make, but he's far too far away to, uh, to really see any details, but he does see it, and he is convinced that that, just by looking at the rest of the landscape all around him, he is convinced that that is the most likely place for a flying creature to make its lair at the top of a tower, separated from everything else by a series of chasms, very difficult to get to, very, very difficult to access. So he has seen his destination. He can see it from here. To get there, however, is another issue. Let's find out what the opportunity was, because he rolled doubles. What is the opportunity? Surrender. Surrender strength. An opportunity, surrender strength. Okay, so the wind has picked up. The, the winter has descended upon the Ironlands in earnest. An icy wind is blowing, cutting its way through his cloak, sapping his strength, sapping his, his ability to go on. But as he's trudging through this, this narrow defile on the rock that he's emerged from, uh, or emerged into rather, there's a number of shallow cave mouths in the, in the crevices all around him. And uh, he knows that he's gonna have to get out of this, this wind uh, before his strength is completely uh, sapped by the, these biting winds. He, he's gotta find shelter, but luckily he's able to see another cave on the far side of the uh, little valley he's in. It's not difficult to get to other than having to trudge through the, the snow-covered rocks and such. He slips a few times, but uh, he manages to get to this little cave. And when he gets to the cave, it is the perfect little place to, to rest. Just the way that the, the, the tunnel sort of goes into the rock, it completely cuts off the, the blowing wind and snow, affording him a clean, safe, and dry place to make his camp. And I think that's probably exactly what he's going to do. So he's gonna roll plus supply. Is it plus four? Eight. Uh, so that's a weak hit. On a weak hit, choose one, and he'll recuperate. He'll take plus one health. So his health will go back up to plus four. So he's found this perfectly safe and dry and warm place to wait out the, the worst of the storm. It lasts several hours. He can still hear it howling outside the cave, but as I said, he's gone in sort of a series of smaller twisting tunnels and emerged into a very flat, dry cave where he's able to make a fire, consume some food, get some rest and he's able to wake up a little refreshed and ready to go on. And when he emerges out of that cave, he can hear that the wind has died down significantly. And as he, as he comes out, he can see the storm has passed. There's still a slight wind blowing, but it is night. And the world is illuminated in an eerie blue silvery light because as the light of the full moon shines down upon the now snow covered landscape, 
the, the snow glistens and reflects back the silvery moonlight, creating a, a, an almost otherworldly glow to the, to the rocky valley. As night has descended, but he's well rested, and he's got lots of light from the, from the full moon and the glistening stars in the heavens above, he begins to trudge his way out of this narrow defile, upwards towards the uh, narrow part of that valley where he can continue to ascend towards the mountain slope. So he's going to start a journey. Let's do that. Let's combine the vow of finding the lair and the journey of finding the lair. Let's make that basically the same thing. So if he gets to the end of one, he's got to the end of the other. Just, I think it's an easy way to handle it for right now. Plus wits. His wits is two. Boom. Seven, which is a weak hit. You reach a waypoint and mark progress, but suffer one supply. So, so that's one box filled. His supply goes down to three, and I think that's because, um, yeah, he's had he's had to dig into his winter gear and you know use up some of that in order to keep himself warm. What is the waypoint that he reaches? On location descriptor and location, it is seventy-four. It is an abundant uh, zero eight wall. An abundant wall. Well, he is in this narrow defile of this valley. An abundant wall, I think, is probably more secure places to camp. So, yeah, so he's made his way across the, or through this little channel in the rock face, this narrow valley. He can see now that the abundance is, is many safe, warm, dry places uh, to camp. So he does take advantage of that over the next uh, day or two as he makes his way. So he does not have to contend with a lot of the cold and a lot of the wind and things like this that he would normally have to deal with from the onset of winter because he's found all of these little caves along the way, which is great. He's going to continue on then, making another journey roll, trying to get ever closer to the place. Plus wits. Oh, well, that's no good. He fails. He fails on that roll, which means he pays the price. So I knew things were going a little too well for old Arn. Pay the price. What happens here? 21. Your action has an unintended effect. That's, I don't know what that means in this case. What is the unintended effect? Uh, 41. Uh, reject. 88. Reject knowledge. Oh, you know what? He was so convinced. Yeah, that's it. He was so convinced that he was on the right track, but as he gets to the, as he gets to what he thought was the entrance to this, or the exit in this case, of this small valley, as he sort of rounds a corner, he can see that this narrow defile he's been in actually comes to an angled end. It and is essentially like a, a box canyon at this point. There is no way out of here. And he realizes he's been following what has turned into a dead end the whole time. That's gonna set him back. And I think that just means time and it means supply. That means his supply is gonna go down to one because he's gonna pay the price of two supply for that. Brutal. And I also think it adds a few days to his journey as he has to backtrack now and find a, a, a different and probably more difficult way out of this canyon that he's, uh, that he's in. So he's gonna have to climb his way up and out. And I think that is the next thing he's gonna have to do is a face danger roll. It's tough to get out of here. The walls, the walls of the canyon, the walls of the valley he's in, this, this defile in the rock are steep and uh, uh, slick with ice and snow. So he is going to have to be very careful as he makes his way out. But uh, I think if he succeeds, it's going to count on his progress track because he's gonna actually pull himself up out of this valley. So let's see how he does. He's going to move with 
Agility and precision, which is plus edge, as he very carefully maybe pulls out his rope as well and uses that to, to help uh, uh, climb his way up out of this narrow defile. And he will roll a weak hit on this. You succeed, but face a troublesome cost. I think it's gonna suffer momentum. His momentum's gonna go down to eight. It, 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 he's delayed, it takes him a long time. Many, many repeated failed attempts to pull himself up and out of this valley, but finally he manages to do so and pulls himself up onto a rocky, snow-covered, angled plateau and he looks up and he can see he's sort of on the, the side of this, this sloping hill that moves up and away. There's still pockets of stunted trees everywhere and he can see, like as I said, scree slopes everywhere now covered in snow the whole bit. But he tries to once again pick his way across to get somewhere close to that tower. But he did succeed in that, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna mark progress on his um, find the lair track. He's going to continue to journey on. Here we go, this is plus wits. Okay, well, that is a failure. Another pay the price. Does he want, no, you know what? He's going to pay the price because I don't want to blow that momentum. His momentum is still at eight. He's going to pay the price here again. What is the price now? 94. It forces you to act against your best intentions. His best intentions is to carefully make his way along the slide of the sloping hill moving upwards, but I think he's He's blocked again. As he looks ahead of him, he can see that there must have been another avalanche, no doubt triggered by the same avalanche that you know caused the tunnel to collapse behind him all those days ago. But ahead of him, he can see that this, this, this other avalanche has completely blocked off the way he was going. He now knows he has to once again backtrack and make his way around that, going around the far side of this, uh, the, the base of this large series of hills. He is just being delayed and delayed and delayed and it is cold and the wind is ever present. It's gonna take him a day or two extra to get out of here, which means that his supply goes down by two. Now here's the thing, his supply is at one. It is now at zero and he must suffer something from somewhere else and I think it's going to be spirit as he is quite dispirited by all of these constant delays in his attempt to get to a, a place he can see, he can see it in the distance. Also, he is now has a condition, and that condition is unprepared. You are out of supply and unprepared. If you suffer additional supply while unprepared, you must exchange each additional supply for a combination of health, spirit, and momentum, blah, 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 blah. He's got a problem. He is running out of food. He's on the slopes of the, these, these harsh, barren, rocky faces. He's got to try and resupply. He's got to forage, hunt, scavenge for anything he can. Plus wits, boy, he's really not good at this at all. <laughs> Plus wits is plus two, seven. That is a strong hit. He marks his supply back up to plus two. He is no longer unprepared, but it has taken another few days to resupply. He hunts down a, uh, a bighorn sheep on the uh, sides of the mountain. He, in fact, he spends a couple of days tracking that sheep because he, he, he has to get within bow shot. He's a very good archer, but you know, these animals, they know, the, uh, they know the lay of the land a lot better than he does. So he finally tracks one down. He brings it down goes up, is able to harvest the meat off of it. He, he takes off the fur, he builds a small fire, he tries to prepare the fur as best he can to be able to patch his own, you know, uh, damaged furs and things like this. Survivalist drama in action. <laughs> okay, well this is just taking him way longer than he thought. He's got to continue on once again, undertake a journey. Plus wit, he's got to get somewhere. Okay, these tens, so many tens! What's with the tens? Always with the tens! But that is a weak hit. 
a weak hit, reach away point, and mark progress, but it costs you a supply. So he does mark progress. He has finally figured out a way to circumvent all of these collapsed uh, rocks and avalanche rock falls and all this stuff, uh, but he's got to, he's, he had to take basically the long way around. What is the waypoint that he reaches? 72. Find 100. Find supply. Ooh. Oh, is it like a, is it like an ancient treasure cache? Yeah, is it like some ancient equipment stash? Left by miners, perhaps, because in the Tempest Hills, there's there's mining communities somewhere out there. So is it possible that he finds as a way? Yeah, that's what it is. He finds a an equipment supply stash left by miners in the area, which means that there is evidence of Iron Lender presence here. This could be very good because he might actually be able to find a settlement here. I'm going to cancel that supply penalty he took just because of the nature of this it makes sense to me so his supply goes back up to plus two as he helps himself to some of these survival uh, supplies and gear that he finds in the stash in the rocks perhaps in a, in a very shallow cave clearly marked i think with ironlander runes around it uh that's what he notices first of all is his, you know he's on the, on the side of this cliff face he can see these these runes carved into the rock these non-magical runes like an alphabet basically the, the ironlander alphabet whatever they use which i imagine is a lot like norse runes He's able to go inside there and he finds hidden under these burlap sacks, there's a bunch of supply uh, survivalist gear. The most important thing about this waypoint is he knows there must be a settlement nearby. So he's gonna start to really keep his eye out for that. Once again, he is marking or rather rolling plus wits and he's going to, oh my goodness. Okay, here's the deal. He's just rolled a three, that's a failure, but I am going to spend his momentum to cancel both of those dice because the momentum is at eight and turn this into a strong hit. So his momentum goes down to two, but that is a strong hit on Undertake a Journey, reach away point. He's gonna make good use, good use of his resources. So he's gonna mark progress. What is the waypoint? Well, is it in fact, is it a day later or a couple days later, does he in fact find a mining village? I'm gonna ask the Oracle on that. 51 or greater, the answer is yes. 58, he finds a settlement, a mining settlement. Just looking at the name here, we like bleak. Bleak something, ha! <laughs> bleak 72, bleak hall. Bleak hall, sure. It might not be a proper settlement, it might be just a mining camp where the Ironlanders themselves, the miners there, may have already left for the season. It's possible it is in fact deserted. I don't know, 50-50. 50 or more is the answer is yes. 26, it is not in fact deserted. What is the settlement trouble? There's always a trouble, there's always a problem. This Arn might not care about this, but let's find out what the trouble is. 57, a lost caravan. Let's just get the name of the the headmaster of this camp. Let's see if it's a male or a female. Oh, it's a, it's a woman. Okay, female Viking names. Thorhildr. What is their disposition? They've lost a caravan, we know that. That might not help. 73, demanding disposition. Character descriptor. 27. Aggressive and demanding. Oh, that sounds like it's going to be pleasant. So, Arn sees this mining camp built against the slopes of this low mountain, this low hill. Obviously, there's a mine there, so we can see dug into the side of the mountain, there's a, a, a set of tunnels which have uh, mining carts going in and out of them, or at least the tracks, you can see the carts. No real walls, maybe sort of a low kind of uh, series of stone barriers built around the perimeter of the, of the camp as some uh, measure of defense. Maybe, you know, the occasional short wooden tower built up, but uh, other than that, not a whole lot. There are people here 
mostly rough minor types. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of families here. This is probably gonna be, you know, rough men, aggressive and <laughs> people in general. But he approaches the camp. Right away, I think he's challenged by the guard on, on watch. But he, you know, as usual, puts his hands up, showing he has no weapons. Oh there, friends. My name is Arn. I have been on the road a long time and could use the company of friendly faces. Might I be granted entry into your camp? We know that the leader is demanding and aggressive and they've lost a caravan. So it's possible that they might be on the lookout for raiders if in fact raiders were the ones that, uh, that hit the caravan. Was it raiders? I don't know. I'm gonna say probably not actually. I think it's unlikely it was raiders. 76 or more, 77. And it's a doubles, which means something of interest happens because it's an Oracle roll. So it was raiders, but there's a twist to the Raiders. What is the twist of the Raiders? 88. Another doubles, but doesn't count in this table. Release, 92. Loss. The Raiders were definitely the ones that, that took the caravan. I think they're holding someone captive. Yeah, I think they're holding someone captive, probably uh, Thorhildr's adjutant, or maybe her child. You know, maybe she has a young son that was uh, leading this caravan south. Uh, trying to get there before the, the winter. They were attacked by these raiders, and the raiders have basically told, sent a message to Thorhildr saying, we have your son, we have the caravan, we demand, you know, more of the silver you're mining, or whatever the case is. They're making some sort of demand. It might not be that, but it's something like that. So that's the general situation here at Bleak Hall, aptly named Bleak Hall as it turns out. So I think then uh, that's gonna change the, the nature of, of the uh, welcome that Arn gets. So as he says this to the guard, he begins to take a step forward and right, right away there's a snap of a bowstring and an arrow goes thudding into the ground right in front of Arn. He stops and he looks up and he can see from the tower one of the guards has shot at him or basically at the ground in front of him. And the guard says, that's far enough, stranger. If you wish to treat with anyone here, you will do so from outside the camp. Very well, I mean no harm to you or your people, but I will do as you say, as the wind begins to pick up, I think. Although it is growing cold, is there no way you will allow me entrance into your camp where we may speak in the comforts of that wooden hall there? That wooden hall is the home of Thorhildr, the leader of this camp. She will treat with you where you stand. I think one of the uh, miners goes back and informs Thorhildr, and eventually she comes out flanked by a couple of miners with you know heavy you know picks and uh, axes and things like this. These are miners, they're not warriors, but uh, it's kind of hard to tell the difference because these guys are pretty rough around the edges. You know, they, they, they exist in this mining camp at the Tempest Hills where they constantly have to defend themselves against the elements and the wilds and now apparently raiders that have uh, descended upon the area as well. And as Thorhildr comes out, here's the question. Does Thorhildr, the leader of this mining camp, does she have long hair, which could trigger Arn's mad phobia that he got in season one? For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, go back and watch season one to find out. Ah, 50-50, 51 or more, the answer is yes. No, she doesn't have long hair. It's, uh, it's, it's cropped short and it's up underneath a helmet. So his phobia still has not manifested. Ah, well, perhaps, perhaps one day it will. But they're armored. She uh, is wearing like a, a, a hauberk of chainmail, I think as well. 
Um, so they are rather well provisioned and well geared. I think that they, they suspect Arn of being some emissary of these raiders. That makes the most sense. So she looks at him. The, the guards in the towers still have their bows trained upon Arn. He's got his hands up. She looks at him, kind of looks him up and down. I think she's probably smart enough to make an assessment that he doesn't look like your typical kind of raider. He may looks like a woodsman kind of guy, right? If you are from the raiders, go back and tell your master I will not treat with them. I'm sorry, I do not know what it is you're referring to. I am with no raiders. Who are you? And what are you doing here? You are no miner. No, I am not. My reasons for being here are complicated, but believe me when I tell you, I mean neither you or your people any harm and was only hoping to be able to share a fire and perhaps a meal before I continue on to the north. To the north? Why would you go to the north? Are you a fool? The winter has set in. There is nothing but ice and snow to the north. My reasons for going north are for the moment my own to give, which I will gladly do if you are willing to share a fire with me. This is going to be a compel. Plus heart, plus four, eight, strong, hit. Beautiful. Well, do what you want. Take plus one momentum. Well, if you are not with the raiders, then you must be a madman for going north when the winter is upon us. Nonetheless, it is bad luck to turn away a madman, as everyone in the Ireland knows. You may come inside, but your weapons will be confiscated. No one sits armed at my table. I understand. He hands over his blade, his spear. Oh, his spear. He's a little hesitant to let go of the spear. In fact, as one of the guards comes up to take his spear, he, he kind of holds it back. He says to Thorhildr, I would ask that you allow me to keep the spear. It is a family heirloom and is very dear to me. I would not trust it in the hands of Strangers. No offense, of course. Ugh, that's a tough call. She's not gonna let anybody armed at her table. Does she? I'm not gonna roll another compel here, but I, I'm just gonna ask the Oracle. Does she allow him to keep the spear or does she insist on him giving up that spear? It's unlikely that she allows him to keep the spear. 76 or more is a yeah. She does. And it's a match, which means, ah, ah, <laughs> which means, as he pulls the spear back to himself, she comes over to him and she looks at the spear and she says, that spear, where did you get it? It belonged to my grandfather, Vesledi. Vesledi. Why do you ask? The spear's markings are familiar to me. What? How is that possible? My father told me when I was a little girl of a man who came north through this very area. He was bearing a spear just like that. It was said that this man was on his way to hunt a creature out of legend, a dragon. That man was my grandfather, Veslidi. This is the self-same weapon, and I also am on that quest to stop the beast. Then you come to find the lair of the dragon and finish what your grandfather started. Yes, you know a great deal. We should talk more about this inside. You will let me keep the spear? Yes, 
for the moment. Oh, by the way, I do want to add a um, waypoint for reaching this village and for having this information bestowed upon him. They go inside the main hall, which is probably one of uh, just a handful of actual buildings as opposed to like lean-tos and tents and things like this. But they do go inside. There's a roaring fire in the hearth. There's a bunch of miners in here as well, all looking at Arn very, very suspiciously. She comes over. She basically has a, a, a bowl of you know, lumpy broth brought to him. He consumes that uh, eagerly enough, but he, um, as he's eating, he, he says to her, so your father knew of my grandfather when he came through these parts looking for the lair of the dragon. Yes, it was a story that he told me many times. Tell me, in the story, did your father ever mention the location of the lair? That is the question. Did Vesleidi, when he came through here all those years ago, was he going to, or returning from, a tower in the mountains? Is Arn on the right track? I think it's 50, 50, 51 or greater. 90, yes. It was in fact the correct one. So I am going to add another waypoint on the find the lair journey. And I'm also going to add one to free the people of Ulstov from the Scourge. Thorhildr confirms for him that the lair of the dragon is in fact in that ruined tower on the side of the mountain. Still many, many, many days from here. It's far, far away. And she says to him, in the story my father told me, he said that this Vislidi tracked the dragon down to its lair in the tower, but failed to kill it. When that beast awoke, after years of nursing its wounds, it flew down from the mountain and has hunted me and my entire family for many years. This dragon is still hunting you and your entire family? I do not know the mind of a beast such as Thaugalos, but I can only assume that vengeance burns in its hearts for longer than the lives of men. Perhaps, but for the beast to try and hunt you and your entire family lying down, that is an extraordinary act of vengeance when the man who caused it the wound is long since dead already. Where are you going with this, Thorhildr? I am only asking. Maybe there is another reason why the dragon is hell-bent on exterminating your family line. Well, Thorhildr, if that is the case, I will get to the heart of it one way or the other. But for now, I would ask for a place by the fire to be able to roll out my bedroll and uh, get some sleep. Yes, of course. You may stay here for as long as you wish. The winter has descended upon the mountains now, and if you were a smart man, you would be going south south, like the caravan that I sent south several weeks ago. A caravan. She tells him the situation that her son was put in charge of this caravan, hauling silver back south before the winter could descend upon the area, but that the caravan was beset by raiders who killed the caravan guard, seized the silver in it for themselves, and also took her son captive and 
basically released like a ransom note to her, basically sent a runner back to the village saying that, you know, we have your boy and you will give us more of the mine silver or else he will be tortured and killed and yada, yada, yada. Let's in fact do a sojourn first because he has come here seeking assistance from this community. Roll, plus heart. He doesn't have a bond with them, not yet. Plus heart is going to be 10, strong hit. He's gonna provision himself, so his supply is gonna go up to four. So the second one he could use to plan, to take up to plus five, or uh, is he gonna provide aid? Is he gonna take this quest to go after these raiders? Oh, I don't think he is. I think he's too close to his goal right now. So I think that perhaps Thorhildr entreats him. Well, she is demanding and aggressive, so I don't think she asks him. I think at one point as she's telling him more of the story of her grandfather, at one point he's asking detailed questions about the route that this lady took, but she stops and she says, no, enough of this. Before we go any further, I must know if you are going to help me and my people. We have given you food and shelter and information, none of which you have paid for. I demand that in exchange for these services, you help us recover my son from these raiders and the silver that they stole. <sighs> Is there no other way I could pay you? Time is of the essence. As you yourself said, the winter is already here. Very soon the passes will be choked with snow and it will be near impossible for me to find my way to the tower to finish what my grandfather started. Is she going to demand in exchange? And if that's the case, if she does demand, then he can't take the momentum and he must take the quest to help them in exchange for the information and the assistance she's rendered. Does she do it? Well, I'm gonna ask the Oracle and I'm gonna say that it is likely. 26 or greater, 49, she does. And so he, I will do this thing for you as he sort of looks out the, the doorway and he can see the mountain in the distance, even now starting to be obscured by the onset of yet another winter storm, a storm that may eventually make his passage through those mountains even more difficult and make it almost impossible for him to get to the object of his quest, the lair of Thaugalos. But in the meantime, he must swear this new vow and go to help Thorhildr and the people of Bleak Hall with their situation. But we will do that next time on the next episode of Me, Myself, and I. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And if you want to help support the show on Patreon, the link for that is below. Thanks, as always, to my current and future patrons. Uh, it's a, a great help, and I appreciate your support. Thanks for watching, and we will see you next time on Me, Myself, and Die.